The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. I want to ask you uh, to stay standing. Uh, that's something a little different for change for a couple minutes. If standing is a hardship at all, please uh, feel free to be seated. But um, when I came in this morning, David said, hey, I got some uh, kind of older song package today, and I thought we'd close with the doxology. And I said, man, you are right on it, buddy, because I'm going to go a little old school. At least this is old school for me. We're going to take a moment and together read through our scriptural text for today. That's why I want to make sure everybody had this, whether you're looking at a device or in your Bible or on this little blue sheet that you got coming in. I wanted to read through together Psalm 42, and I thought again, a little old school, we'll do it responsive reading. Okay. Now, we've never done that before, so I don't know how we'll do with the cadence, but we'll do the best that we can with that. And I thought what we'll do is I'll read the first verse and the even number of verses if you would join me in reading. So the even number of verses, we're actually just going to read down uh, through uh, Psalm 42. So we're a little bit less than halfway down on the back of the page if you're following here. So if you would read along with me on the even verses, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep. At the roar of the waterfalls, all... Your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. At night, his song is within me, a prayer to God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemies? As with deadly wounds in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me, hoping God? For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Father, may we know, I want to know David's heart as he wrote this song more than anything, though I want to see your heart today. So, Lord, please take this time. Teach us more about you, I pray in your name. Amen. And you may be seated. As, uh, as we read through that, and, and uh, I hope you caught a little bit just the spirit of David, you know, what he was praying. But I also hope you remember, and we're going to go back through and mention some of these verses and read them again. And I want you to have that because we're going to jump around so much, I thought if I had it on the screen, I'd get confused as to what verse I was on. Uh, so I wanted you to have that all to look at. And as we do that, um, 
I want you to remember this about David, and many of you will know this. He is called in Scripture, he's referred to as a man who is after God's own heart. Now, I thought many of you would know that. He is called somebody who is in love with God. He is passionate about God. And as we read through some of these different things he says, I want you to remember that. This isn't somebody who could care less about God. And he's saying, God, where are you? I don't understand. I'm missing you. This is somebody who loves God. And even that phrase at the beginning, as a deer panteth at the water, so my soul longs after you. Some of you remember a song we used to sing, as the deer panteth o'er the water, you know that? And it is a great little song, and we have that love for God like that. But I want you to remember this. When he is writing this, what he is actually saying is, I'm dry. In fact, we're going to go through, and the first part of this will be, if you want to say, somewhat negative, because we're going to look at the idea of God saying that we are to hope in Him, but at the beginning of the story, at the beginning of the song, we're calling it Hope Removed. And as we go through this text, you'll see several places or several things about this, and that is the first one. He says, My soul is so thirsty. Okay, I'm longing for you. I'm, I'm dried up, Lord. Lord I, I, I need this. I'm like a, a deer who is you know, so thirsty. I, I have to have you, but I'm feeling so dry. Is it possible that a person who is trying to follow God, that a quote-unquote godly person would have a period of dryness? Most definitely it is. This is a man after God's own heart, but he is, he is struggling here. He's seeking closeness with God, but he is not experiencing that. Have you ever been there? I've had people say to me, Pastor, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to read my Bible. I'm trying to pray, but it just seems dry. It just seems like I'm not there. And one of the things that I want you to take away is those times do come. Okay? As we go on, look at some of the other things. He says, I'm tearful. Okay? Not, but he says, I'm tearful to a place where I can't even eat. I mean, he's so torn up. I was thinking, as Chris pointed out, I've been here 10 years. I, I was trying to remember back. In those 10 years, I think I had one, what you call just a, what do you call it? A golly washer, crying like crazy. I think I one time I remember that. Now, in these 10 years, I've lost two parents, a brother, a best friend, and, a, and several other very close friends uh, that have passed away. I've gone through some things like that. The one time I remember, there was a morning when we found out that my grandson, they told us he wasn't going to live. Uh, it turns out he did. Uh, we're very thankful for that. But that morning, I remember I drove from here to St. Joe Hospital, and I shouldn't have been driving. I mean, I could not get control of it. It was just pouring out. I think that's where David is. I mean, he's, just, he's, he's filled with tears. I mean, he says, I can't even eat because I'm so torn up here because of the tears going on here. I feel dry. I feel tearful, tearful. He says, I'm downcast, which is not a word we use a whole lot, but that idea, just I'm down. Okay, I'm discouraged. I'm having a hard time. I'm struggling here. Now, again, this man wants to follow God. He loves God. He's a man after God's own heart. But here he is saying, I'm downcast. I'm having a hard time. I'm in turmoil. means he doesn't have peace. Okay, he is waking up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep because his mind's going like that. Have we ever been there? Can we connect with some of these things here, all the things he's going through? He says, I feel like I am forgotten. Isaiah referred to God and he said, um, you are a God who hides his face. There are times when you feel like God is not there. Okay, you're seeking him, but you feel like forgotten. I have a friend that... Uh, 
uh, older friend that, that I've had for a long time, and, and I heard recently through the grapevine that he's going through some difficulty. So I have been trying to call him this week, well, and uh, I'm not getting a response. In fact, twice he has, uh, he said, I'll call you tomorrow because i got something going on right now. Twice he says that, and then he doesn't call the next day. Finally, yesterday, I just text him, you don't love me. Uh, you, you won't call me back, but sometimes we feel like that. Hey, where are you? I feel, I feel like forgotten. I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not in your, I, I don't sense your presence, God. I don't feel close to you. I'm struggling here. And he says he's mourning. A couple times he refers to that. I, I'm, I'm just, my heart is aching so much. I'm actually mourning. Something that, you know, part of our culture we're not super familiar with, but that, you know, maybe you have seen that culture where you just, somebody's just broken. I mean, sackcloth and ashes idea, and they just are mourning. That would be David, and he says, I'm oppressed. I've got enemies that seem to be conquering. Now, connect with this for would we, we now hopefully you don't say hey i got all seven of those things going right now uh but there are times in our lives when we're here can can we agree on that uh, many of us might say hey that is where i am right now i feel like that but a godly person would never experience that a godly person would never feel forgotten a godly person listen would never pray my god my god why hast thou forsaken me wait a minute that's exactly what jesus prayed so there are times in our lives when we're going to experience this. J.I. Packard, in his book, Knowing God, which is a masterpiece of a, of a summary of, of theology, he said one of the biggest uh, dangers that we have in Christianity is playing down the challenges of the Christian life. Let me say that again. We face the danger of playing down the challenges of the Christian life. In other words, if I came in here and I said, hey, follow Jesus, and every day you're just going to be skipping and singing and feeling good and your heart's going to be light, that'd be a wonderful thing to say, and you might leave in a wonderful mood, and you might think that's great, but let's get real for a second like David did. Uh, David said, sometimes I'm as dried out as could be I'm as thirsty as could be and hey he's seeking God that's what he says my heart is panting after God like a deer panting after water okay he's thirsty he wants God but he's still feeling empty here not only do we see in this psalm the symptoms of hope removed but we also see some of the causes as we look in here, uh, he talks a couple times in here. Verse 3 is one of the places where he talks about those who are mocking him. They're taunting him. Where's your God? Where's your God? By the way, did that happen to Jesus? He called for his father. Don't see anybody coming here. Remember when Jesus was on, on the cross? But does that happen ever in our life where we might experience that too? Maybe it is a work environment that is hostile towards your faith maybe and this is tough i know this makes it harder maybe it's the family and i i feel for you but i know sometimes the family is a hostile environment towards your faith and you're following god it's almost like yeah it's almost like you're the joke this this person who's actually trusting in god how's that working out for you everything isn't so rosy for you either didn't you pray about that too and you didn't get that answer um there's a taunting sometimes that goes on a second thing that we see in here is he talks about, I remember, I remember. <laughs> the one verse, I think it was one that you read with me, he talked about, I remember when I used to lead the procession into the temple to praise God. I remember, I mean, remember those days of joy. All of us have some things that we can point to as far as loss. Maybe it is the loss of a person. Maybe it is the loss of a pet. Maybe it is the loss of a dream. 
Maybe it is, I, I had so dreamed that of this for my kids, or I had so dreamed of this career, or I had so dreamed of, you know, my, you know, whatever, you know, my, my happiness in my marriage that, that didn't come. And uh, we have all experienced some things that are lost. We had hoped for them. We had wanted them, and we thought, you know, where is it? So David says, I remember those days. They were so good, but he's experienced some loss here. A third thing, <laughs> the, uh, verse number seven talks about the waves. Do you, do you like, uh, uh, how many are a f- fan of like ocean waves just letting them smack you around and riding the waves? Isn't that fun? I love that. We, Francis and I were at uh, uh, Lake Michigan on Friday. We, we were walking along there, and you know, and you just says, uh, little one. Lake Michigan, I don't know why this is. When they have good waves, you're not allowed in. <laughs> and uh, that makes sense. I don't know why they get the, ba- the uh, backwash. What's that called? Undertow, thank you. <laughs> Backwash is bad too, but uh, that can make you sick. But uh, but undertow, I don't know why they get that so bad there. Not not so much as the ocean. But I love if, if there's one thing like if if a couple times we've gotten to stay along the beach, you know, in Florida or whatever like that. I love getting up in the morning and going down and diving in the water. Now Francis is like, no way. Uh, but I, I love to do that, and she'll watch you. I go out there and I just I, I wait, and, you know, the big wave, and I just dive into it and just let it smack me. I love that. I love salt water up my nose. That's a weird thing. I know. Uh, but but I but it'll but I don't know if you've ever done that and you get hit by that first wave and and it, it, you're kind of shaky and all of a sudden the waves just start coming and you can't get up <laughs> another one blasts you and another one blasts you and another one blasts you and finally you get your footing but he says it's wave after wave just keep coming ever been there I I say this and I I don't even know if this is an accurate statement, so I have to say it. It seems to me, and Francis, I'll talk about this. We have never known so many people who seem to be getting hit by wave after wave right now. Uh, we have some very good friends we talked to the other night on the phone, and, and just to hear their story of, man, this happened to this kid, and then this happened to this kid of theirs, and then they face this, and then they face this. And it's just like, you kidding me, man? Just wave after wave after wave. And sometimes it's like, God, I, I just need a breather. God, could I just, could I have a drama-free day? <laughs> could I have a drama-free week, uh, a drama-free year or whatever like that? Because I can't take any more right now. Okay, we understand that this is real. Okay, this is where David is. This is what he is feeling. And maybe we're experiencing some of that too. But it doesn't end there, folks. Um, we're not only going to talk about hope being removed what we really want to focus on is hope returning. Because in the midst of all this and everything that David says, he writes what is described here as a song of hope. Okay? Chapter 42 and actually 43 also is described as a song of hope. So let's look at this here. And first of all, just to understand a key word that we have to have when it comes to hope. I'm sorry, when it, when it comes to what we glean from this song is reality okay what i mean by that is what does david do here in his prayer he just tells god the truth what's going on in his life i feel forgotten god that's how i feel right now i'm i'm as dry as could be god i need you more than anything and i'm struggling so he just tells god exactly what is going on in his life remember jesus prayer Boy went to the cross, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. Let's pray and tell God specifically what is going on. 
Here's a statement that I want you to try to digest a little bit. You may disagree when you first hear it. But you don't need to be close to God to pray. Okay. Now, I guess that could be taken a couple of different ways. But I am, if I'm not feeling God the th close to God, the thing I want to do more than anything is pray. And sometimes I think, no, I got to get wait till I get close to God to pray. But see what David does here. He does not feel close to God. He does not sense his presence. He feels like he's forgotten. And what is he doing? He is stopping and praying. And may I encourage you to do, I don't know where to start. Start with that sentence. God, I don't know where to start. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hurting right now. That's exactly what David does here. If you listen, you know, again, we have that great little song as a deer panteth after the, water, uh, after the water, but look what he's saying there. He's saying, I'm dry. I, I am on empty here. And the presence of God is the one place where you ought to feel absolutely free to be yourself. Okay? That is the one place because he knows you inside and out. We don't have to put on any show. I, I, I don't mean to mock, and I really don't, but I get amused sometimes listening to people pray because I think that's not even their real voice. <laughs> they have a special voice, uh, you know, uh, stuff, stuff like that. And, and it, it, it lacks that reality. It lacks that, hey, here I am, God. You know, this is me. I'm just talking to God. This is where I am. This one hurt. And, you know, we need places in our lives where we are completely honest. I've mentioned this before. To some degree, to some degree, I want to be as transparent as possible with you. But only to some degree. And what I mean by that is, if I'm going through a dry spell, and let's say it lasts several weeks, and I really don't feel like coming to church, and I, this is true, that I seldomly feel that way. Usually I'm, I uh, can't wait to get in here. Uh, can't wait! Uh, but, the, uh, but there have been some Sundays when, you know, you know, for instance, you know, that old story about, uh, you know, you have to get up. You have to go to church. Why? Because you're the pastor. Get out. Uh, but I don't want to go. Uh, and, you know, I could probably get away with occasionally sharing that with you. You know what I mean? I'm having a rough time right now. But if I come in here week after week, and man, am I down. <laughs> I really need some help today. I really need some encouragement. So what I'm saying is there have been times when I have to fake it. Okay, today is not one of those days, in case you're wondering. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped. I just got a box of chocolate and some flowers. I'm uh, feeling good. But, uh, you know, but, but honestly, there have been days when you feel like, hey, you got to kind of fake, fake your way through this or, or whatever ever like, like that. I never have to do that with God. <laughs> I can be as completely honest with him as possible. And let me say this again. You need places in your life like that. We need people in our lives like that. My wife's kind of been preaching to me about that a little bit, that, hey, you need to make sure you have a place where, you know, you're not the pastor and you can say whatever you, uh, whatever you want and, and, uh, and, and that, that's very important. But what I am saying to you today is you have a place like that in God. Complete honest. Just, just keep it real. This is what is going on in my life. But a second thing that I want you to see in a couple different verses here that David does, <laughs> I had to stay with R's, so you might not even be too familiar with that word. We don't use it a ton. Uh, but basically, in verses 5 and 11, he begins with that phrase. He's talking to himself, and he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? In other words, he grabs himself for a minute and says, What are you doing here? Okay, what are you doing here? You got a God, salvation, you're going to praise him. Come on, grab yourself here for a second. Uh, don't just sit there and listen to all your complaints. Pla uh, 
you know, taking them placidly, but, but instead uh, face that fears that you have with facts, okay? Don't just sit there and listen passively, okay? Take, uh, grab a hold of yourself sometimes. Shake yourself a little bit. I was thinking of this. Sorry, my mind goes weird places sometimes. I was asking folks in the sound booth. Somebody in the American classic film that is one of the greatest films I'm sure ever made called Airplane, Anybody ever see that? Uh, Leslie Nielsen. Uh, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. But anyway, we'll get, get into that. But there's a scene where a woman passenger is losing control, and uh, the first guy walks up, and he says, now, calm down, and everything like that. And then there's a whole line of people on the plane waiting to tell her to calm down. Uh, there's, you know, Harry Krishners are there. The, uh, the nuns are there. And then there's a boxer there ready to put, get control of yourself. I love that scene. Uh, but that's what I'm saying right now is someone where, where, you know, grab yourself sometime and just say, hey, come on. That's what David does. But here, and, and maybe if there's one thing I don't want you to miss more than anything else, here's what I want you to see. I included on these little blue jobbies here, chapter 43. The reason twofold. One is most people believe the two Psalms really kind of belong together. But I want you, if you read through that and you look at verse number, if you put your glasses on and then read through it and you look at verse number five, that'd be a great place to end. Okay. I mean, really uh, verse, verse number five, he, he's, he's complained. And now he says, why am I cast down? And then he says, hope in God for I shall again, praise him, my salvation. Good place to end. Right. Let's wrap it up. But instead, where's he go? Right back into the... But I'm hit by wave after wave after wave. So, let's end at 11, right? And he says the exact same thing. Verse 11 is the exact same as verse number 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? He grabs a hold of himself, hoping God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Look at verse... If, if you have this, or if you're looking in your Bible, uh, look down at uh, Psalm 43. It's the same thing. He goes through the same thing. I'm having a hard time here, God. I need you to come to my defense. Look at verse number five, the last verse. It's that exact repeated verse. Hope in God. I shall again praise him. And I, I wanted you to get a hold of this idea because, again, just keeping it real for a second. We've been there, folks. Okay, no, I did what you said, Pastor. I was real with God. I talked to him and I prayed. And I walked out of there thinking I was doing better and pretty soon I fell apart again. And I had to come back to the same thing. I jumped in and I, I decided I was going to read my Bible, but you know, I was halfway through reading my Bible and my mind went into the gully again. And I'm in depression and discouragement. Uh, I've had that happen. What I am giving you uh, today with this as we look at this psalm, what I think it gives us is permission, somewhat at least, to ride a roller coaster. Okay? You're tall enough. Right now, you can get on this roller coaster that is, yes, I want to walk with God. Well, I'm having a hard time. But I want to walk with God. But I'm having a hard time. But I want to walk with God. Because that's exactly what we see David do here. He says, uh, man, I'm struggling with this. But then I praise God. And you think, wrap it up there, buddy. And he goes back into, but now I'm having a good time. But then I praise God. And then wrap it up there, buddy. Uh, and he can't. I mean, it's like he's so strong. And folks, we have been, I know we've been there. We've been there where we thought, hey, I got to get, you know, my thinking on the right track. I want to think spiritually. I want to follow God. I want to I know what it is to walk in him and enjoy him again. And it's just not happening. And we think, boy, I've turned that corner. And then you come around and you realize, nope, that corner's still in front of me. I haven't got there. We have been there. And I don't know what else to tell you other than the Bible says this, a just man falls seven times and gets back up again. All I know to tell you to do is keep turning the corner.
Seriously. I mean, just say, hey, that's okay. And, and because, and, and you know I've said this before, I have experienced in my life the accuser of the brethren who loves to tell me this, how many times are you going to make the same mistake? How many times are you going to end up back here again? I mean, it was just yesterday you were writing in your journal about how excited you were and you're praising God, and now look where you are today. How many, don't you think God's sick of hearing from you? You ever been there? I mean, because we're trying, and we're, we're uh, somebody uh, texts me this week, and they say, hey, we're, we're all working on these things, but it's a struggle. Welcome to Christianity. There you go. Uh, and, and, but David's psalm is so real where he says, God, I really am struggling with this. And he's back and forth and back and forth. Don't miss that. And if you're at a place now where he's been like, you know, yeah, I've really been struggling again. All I can really tell you is let's get back up and go again. Let's come again to my hope is in God. So what does, how does David uh, nail down that hope in God? He goes through several different things. But we'll say that what he takes some time doing is reinforcing truth. Verse number 8, among other places, but verse number 8, it talks about God's steadfast love. He reminds himself of God's love. We'll get back to that in a second here. He talks about uh, God being his song in there. He's a song. He has lifted up my head. He has put a song in my life. I had a roommate in college who used to, uh, he was a senior and I was a freshman. And whenever I was down, he'd say, Dan, what you need is a song. <laughs> now, he was actually talking about the fact that he had a girlfriend and it made him really happy. But, uh, but there's also, but, it, you know, sometimes, I don't know how to say it, there isn't a song here. But God says, I want to be that song. I want to be your song. I want to be, it talks about him being our life. He's the one that sustains me. He is our rock. Again, also in this passage, he is unchanging. He is our, our rock. He is my salvation. He is my rescue. He is my God. I shall praise him, my salvation, and my God. This is on my mind because I actually talked to somebody very recently that kind of shared this with me. They just said, hey, I am having a real hard time following God because so much doesn't make sense. Okay, I don't understand God. And you may not like my answer to that, but we cannot expect to understand God. I don't know how else to say it. We trust Him, who He is, and His perfection. You're not going to get every answer you're looking for as to why everything takes place. His ways are higher than mine, very simply. And the, the faith that we have is a faith that hopes in Him even when I may not understand what He's doing. And if you, we have many. I'm, I'm looking around the room seeing some young faces, and I know sometimes it's like, well, I'm struggling with this. I have this question. I have to figure this out. I have to, I have to you know, I, I, don't, I don't completely understand why this happens or this happens or everything like that. I hate to tell you, but even an old guy is going to say, I do not completely understand God. He is so much higher than I am. I have learned to trust Him. I have learned to trust His steadfast love, uh, that He is the rock, that He is permanent there, but I... Now I need to rephrase that. I am learning to trust him. I am learning to, try to, to, to lean into him. But I am not understanding everything there is about God. And I don't plan on understanding everything there is to know about God. Here's, here's, here's something we forget. He's God. That's a whole lot bigger than us. 
And we just miss that. So the psalmist says, my salvation and my God. Now, one of the best things that we can do to remember him and praise him as our salvation is something the Lord Jesus gave us to do. He said, when you gather together, he said, I want you to do something in remembrance of me. I want you to take bread and, uh, and I want you to take that bread and I want you to t- take a bite of it and I want you to remember that God loves you so much that he sent his son to take on human flesh and that flesh was ripped apart for you. This body's going to, or this, this bread or this cracker that we use is going to represent his flesh. And then he said, then I, I want you to take a drink, a little drink of a cup that uh, this, this wine that I have here, and this wine is going to represent my blood. See, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And uh, my life is poured out for you. My, my life was poured out for you. That's love. Man, if we're going to remember this steadfast love, greater, man than has no man, greater love has no man than this. And that's what we stop and we remember today. Is, so what a great exercise, if you want to say it like that, we have in the ordinance of communion. Now, I, I wanted to say that for a second. Uh, this is an ordinance. What does that mean? Well, there is not, this is not something magically that heals you. What this is, this is kind of a, a little ceremony, if you want to say it like that. It, it's something that we go through. Uh, last week, we had the ordinance of baptism, and you witnessed that. Uh, Jody did not become a Christian because she got baptized. That's what she did because she became a Christian, and she announced to the world that I tr- trust in, in him. Uh, today, we don't become a Christian when we take these things. We take these things to remember the fact that Jesus shed his blood for me, to remember that his body was torn for me, to remember that he paid the price for my sin, to remember that he loves me beyond what I can imagine. The song they're going to play while we take this is How Deep the Father's Love for Us. In fact, why don't we do this today? I'm going to pray in a second. And then before we move, let's listen to the first few lines of that song. Okay, this is listen to it together. And then if you have trusted in Christ, you believe in Jesus Christ, and you want to uh, take the time to remember that today, I'll invite you to come either to here or back uh, from the sound booth. There's a table, too, that has the crackers, and, and take a cracker and a, uh, and a cup of juice. And then when everybody returns to their seats, we'll take them together. But listen, if for any reason, anybody, nobody will ask any questions, and don't feel embarrassed at all for any reason you, you want to pass on that today i'm not going to do that maybe where you are with the lord you're you're not comfortable doing that maybe uh, you're just not sure whether or not you should and you and you don't want to but we do want to invite everybody to take some time and remember this steadfast love okay we talked about if you want to say the downer downer danny okay man sometimes we're depressed sometimes we're uh discouraged sometimes we feel forgotten but let's end on the note of say of like david and says at the end of this thing I'm going to praise God because he is my salvation and he is my God. And there is where I find hope in God. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church. Or call us at 269 663 26 48. Thank you for listening.